Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Unbox the Inbox. It is 2024 and I am pumped and I am happy to be here and to be able to help you with your subscription box business in my own small little way. Um, for those of you who are new here, this is Unbox the Inbox. I'm your host Gary Redmond and on this podcast you will learn how to grow your subscription business using the power of free and mostly automated email marketing. We'll hopefully have some fun doing it too. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the co-founder of BusterBox.com and also a mentor and coach helping founders like me create their dream life through their subscription business. So with that intro out of the way, let's talk about the topic of today's episode and that is about how I went from a terrible email marketer to using email to generate over $3 million in recurring sales and growing, okay? Um, so when I started my subscription box business um, in 2016, for those of you who don't, don't know the story, um, maybe I should talk a little bit more about my backstory in future episodes, which I'm planning to do. Um, when we first started the business, obviously, we were in our early 20s. I was 24 and I was um, living in Canada. Like Liam and Paul, my co-founders, had been my friends since we were since we were kids. We went to school together and we actually all lived like, very close to each other too. Um, so we're friends for like 10, 12 years at this point to play football together and stuff when we were younger. And I... I was basically recruited. The guys were looking at starting a business and Liam was looking at Birchbox, Glossybox. And we both had some, I had some failed businesses in the past, like pretty small stuff, bringing in makeup brushes from China, selling runners to friends from, from Chinese websites and stuff like that. Nothing very successful. And Liam had another business that he, was a marketplace business that he started and it didn't end up working out. And um, Liam and Paul were coming together to try and launch a business and we found um, BarkBox. And we said, well, nobody's doing that over in Ireland. Let's actually let's actually launch something like that. Um, and we ended up launching BusterBox and I was still living in Canada at the time. I just, I'd, I'd lived here all my life, but I went over there on a working holiday and I was there for about five or six months. And I actually came home from my brother's wedding in October, 2015. And the guys had mentioned they were looking at it and I said, I'd be interested. So when I went back to Canada, they called me on Skype and we decided to do it. So I was still living in Canada for the first four or five months of the business being running. And in the beginning, obviously nobody had any prior business experience. No one had any skills. The only skill I could say that I had um, and maybe why the reason the guys thought I would be a good fit was that I was pretty good at writing. I could I could spell pretty well. Um, and not that the good, not that the other guys... Well, let's be honest. The two of them weren't great at spelling back then. Obviously, they've they've they they would openly admit that. Um, not that it's a big problem now with Grammarly and things like that, but I'm not sure if we were too familiar with things like that back then. So I was hired, or not hired. I was recruited as a co-founder in the beginning. Um, based on my writing skills, I suppose being good at words is kind of something I was okay with in school. Um, so unsurprisingly, my job at the very beginning of the business was writing. So, you know. We had no idea about online marketing, how to generate any subscribers for my business, but I did know one thing, and that is to get customers, you must first get traffic to your website. So, of course, in the very beginning, you're running around testing all these different strategies like you do with, I did what most people did, and that's some good old-fashioned Google research. And what I learned was, I mean, I'm sure I typed in, let me just actually do it, how, how to get traffic to your website. I'm sure it's similar enough info here. How to get traffic to your website, get listed in online directories, build backlinks, post on social media, include hashtags, landing page, target long tail keywords. 
start email marketing. So this is like the extent of my knowledge at the time, which is probably relatable for a lot of people in the beginning. Um, but like there's a few things here, like I see three things here that um, mention like backlinks, keywords, things like that. So what I what I basically stumbled upon pretty quickly um, was how to use, like, you know, writing to generate traffic. And that was through SEO, blogging, and like writing articles containing keywords i.e. that people, keywords are where someone is searching for something on Google. If you have that keyword that they're searching for um, and you basically optimize your articles that you're writing on your blog, Google will push your result up to, push your website up to search results. So let me explain. If someone is searching for dog toys, in our case, or, you know, the best dog toys in Ireland or whatever, you could write an article that basically would talk and mention like dog toys dog toys are and mention all the different things and, and talk all about all about dog toys and if you structured your article in the right way and google thought it was a was a helpful article for someone who was looking for that particular search term you would be pushed up to search results okay so that's kind of since i only had really a skill of writing and that's kind of what a lot of these websites mentioned we obviously had no budget um, or very little budget in the beginning for any ads or anything like that. And I did what most people did, take the path of least resistance and um, do the free free strategy that sounds easy um, and kind of go with that for now. So um, so yeah, so that was great. If we built up enough traffic, we can populate. I, always, I thought that if we built up enough traffic to the website, you know, it would take some time to get up to search results. But soon enough, we'd be at the top of the search results for all these keywords. Then what we do is when we have traffic on our blog, we pop um, ads or we pop little links in there for people to go over and sign up to our box. Sounds great. Let's do that. We'll be rich in no time. <laughs> um, pretty quickly, though, I realized that number one, getting to the top of the search results is actually very difficult and things change all the time and you have to constantly be you know, updating your articles and staying on top of the latest keywords and trends and whatever Google decides to do if they change their algorithm. So that was not easy to actually get to the top of the search results. And number two, people don't actually tend to click over and buy from your articles. Even if you have traffic on your blog, it doesn't always necessarily translate into a equal or proportional volume of sales to your website, even if your website is connected to your blog. Um, because a lot of people can just read it and leave. So that was a bit of a dead end in terms of using um, SEO and blog articles and blog writing to generate traffic and therefore generate sales. Okay, so what I decided to then do was what I figured out was uh, I discovered the concept of a lead magnet. Okay, so instead of asking readers to buy when they read your articles, you offer them a free ebook or a free gift or a report or whatever in exchange for their email. So I wrote dozens of ebooks in, the in that time talking about, you know, the, the best way to care for your dog. I would offer the ebook on the website, uh, on the blog, and people would sign up to the list. Okay, so now this is great. We're now signing up people to our email list, which is another thing that I that I heard that um, was going to be important to actually generate sales. Okay, so we have people coming over. They're going, they're reading our articles. They're taking the ebook and they're signing up to the list. Of course, it's still a very small level. You might be getting one or two the email leads a day. Okay. The only problem is that it doesn't solve the previous issue of getting enough visibility in Google to actually get enough traffic. Okay. You're still not up at the top of the search results. And it also creates another problem in that there was no guarantee that the people um, who did get my lead magnet were actually interested in buying my box. Okay. They might consume content about dogs, but not necessarily spend any money on their dog or enough to sustain a subscription to Buster Box. Okay. Like people think your product is so mass market. Everybody who has a dog will get it. 
That's actually not the case. It's only people who have the disposable income who maybe um, are guilty about leaving their dog at home because they're working full time. It's usually young women between 25 and 34. Um, so, you know, someone who has a dog, you know, our target market is not a dog owner. It's a specific type of dog owner. And then, you know, there are small, small groups of those people online, but it doesn't mean that everybody who takes your um, lead magnet or content is actually going to buy your product. So while we did get some sales from our emails, it actually just made me believe that it was useful and effective. So it kept me interested enough to continue to pursue the email strategy. Okay. So what I realized then was I need to build my email list. Okay. If these leads are coming over and they're taking the ebook, not many of them are buying, but some of them are buying. Okay. So they are actually, it is an effective channel. Of course, nowhere near actually generating enough sales to make anybody be able to pay themselves or, or quit their job or anything. But so the next thing we tried to do was to run a social media giveaway. Okay. Let's just get as many emails as we can on the, on the email list. If we're getting, you know, one sale a week from a hundred emails, if we have a thousand emails or 10,000 emails, we'll get 10 sales a week. Okay. But the problem was that with a social media giveaway, it actually made the problem even worse because now you get people on your email list who want something for free. Okay. And they may not even have a dog. They may have just entered the competition. Like we did get a free booster box or a free three month subscription for, for signing to signing up to our email list. But like people might just get that for a friend or again, people who want something for free are not the same people who want to pay 30 quid a month to get the box delivered. And when they didn't buy, um, when, once they didn't win the, 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 the competition, they didn't buy often. Okay. So by now I'm getting quite peeved with the whole email thing, okay? I stopped writing blog articles because they weren't generating any, any sales and it was taking up so much time. We got a bit lazy with our email capture, just putting a pop-up on our website. Funny story about that is Liam and Paul kept telling me to get rid of the pop-up of the website because it was annoying people. But every time we went in to look at it, it was actually like, you know, over the last year it would have generated like 2,000 email subscribers. So over time it did actually build up quite a lot of emails but the volume per day or the volume per week was so low that it still wasn't, email really wasn't a viable channel to get sales, okay? Because only three or five people would actually give their email per day and then we'd maybe get one to two to three sales per week from email. So again, these are the the, the evolution of my email journey and this is, you might be anywhere on one of these ladders on, 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 the, on these rungs of the ladder where you're, you know, you're maybe getting a few sales, you're not getting that many leads or you're doing something that's taking up a lot of time and it's not generating any sales like blogging and stuff like that. So I've been there. So we now have a pop-up on our website. We have a small amount of people joining our list and a small amount of people buying from our list, okay? Then we stumbled upon a competitor who was doing things slightly differently. They use like a survey type signup flow. So what is a signup flow? Instead of going to your website and a pop-up coming up that asks people for their email, which most people close right away, what you do is when they click to sign up to your box, you ask them a couple of simple questions. In our case, we ask, what's your dog's name? What's your dog's size and breed? And that information is kind of, someone is, is going to, you don't ask any personal information. It's simple information that customers are, potential customers are willing to give you. And then on step three or four of that survey, you ask them for their email. And that works really, really well because it kind of draws people in, gets some, get some micro commitments when they answer the first couple of questions. And then it makes sense. If I ask you your dog's name and your dog's size, if you're thinking of signing up for BusterBox, I'd say, oh, just give me your email. It's a lot more effective, basically. So that, that, so that was our first big breakthrough. And when we modeled um, what that competitor was doing. Now, we did have a sign-up flow before, but we didn't actually ask for their people for their email in the middle of it. So we decided to stick the email capture in and then we were getting a lot more emails. So a good pop-up can get maybe three to 5% um, conversion rate. 
what we were getting and still are getting is 30% plus. So it's 10 times better than a pop-up in terms of the percentage of people who go to your website who then become an email lead. If you're getting three out of every 100 person people people uh, website visitors on your list versus 30 out of every 100 or 40, I've seen people get up to 40 to 50% um, email capture rate from their website all of a sudden your list is going to grow a lot faster and also your sales from your emails will also increase okay and what as a byproduct of that sign and flow is we always re- also realize that these email leads bought most, much more frequently and they converted better because they were actually they'd actually been on our website not just coming from a giveaway and not just reading a blog they've actually come to your website and gone down your your sign up flow, they have some interest in buying the product. So when you capture these emails, they're actually much more interested in buying it. Okay. So the final piece of the puzzle then was figuring out what to actually say in our emails so that they, people would respond by signing up and not just read them and go on with their day. Okay. So this is just the evolution and I hope this is kind of making sense to you guys and how we evolved this process because um, I guess I'm probably really, really good at telling you what to do, but not telling you how I learned it and how it, and why it's important and maybe where you may be, may be on that journey, okay? So the key then to actually getting sales from our emails and not just having people open them and read them was, I mean, look, it's like a combination lock. I would recommend you have a sign-up flow because if you have a sign-up flow, first of all, you're going to capture a lot more emails and just that level of volume is going to mean your email list will grow faster and also you'll just have more chances to sell to someone, okay? The second thing is if you have a sign-up flow on your website, which is generally where I recommend you put it, all those leads actually have buying intent. Okay, so we have two things going in our favor now. The third thing is kind of what to say in the emails. But if you have really, really, really good emails, if you don't have the two previous things, they won't be as effective. If you're, st- if you're still getting a very low volume of leads or they're not, co- or they're coming from a place without any intent to actually sign up, the best emails in the world won't work. Okay, or they will work, but they won't work as effectively as what we have. So the key to actually getting sales from your emails is to send an offer in each email that you send, okay? But there is a balance between hammering people and repeating the same thing over and over again and becoming repetitive. Um, and um, what we do, which is we would change our offers quite frequently. We would not just say the same thing over and over again, which is something we did get into doing for a while. Like we had a free box running, a free box offer, and, you know, you'd send the send email Monday and then send it again on Friday. And after a while, people would know what the email said before they even opened it. So they would stop opening them and it became less effective. So the key is to keep it interesting. And that's by changing your offers frequently, changing your email designs, staying relevant with current trends and current events is also a good way. Let's say it's Christmas or back to school time or Halloween. You can leverage that in your emails and kind of keep your offers fresh and have new um, new angles and perspectives. Okay. But what I discovered like is that that's essentially the three ingredients, which I'll, I'll talk about in a second. But in the subscription box game, email marketing is incredibly effective because these sign-up flows and, and the way that you do it, they're not commonly used in traditional e-commerce. So we're actually lucky that most subscription websites actually do have a form of a survey, which you can actually um, model that you can capture emails. Okay. So if you're just starting out with email marketing, I hope this story helps you to avoid some of the common mistakes I made. And the common mistakes are to spend a lot of time writing articles and newsletters that get no sales. The second one is running giveaways to generate leads, which generates a lot of people who are tire kickers. And number three is to not know how to sell in your emails without, you know, there's two, there's a balance again. You don't want to, most people are not selling enough in their emails. They're, they're, they're sending too many newsletters and too many things with no essential point to the email. <clears throat> 
or they're too repetitive with their offers and they're not make, they're not keeping their customers engaged and they're just making people unsubscribe. So I just want you to know I've made all these mistakes and my sales struggled with these for years. But often I find I find it interesting to discover that how often we overcomplicate things, okay? Like we find we find roundabout ways to get what we want. Like and after following a strategy for a long time, we actually realize that the right way to, which brings the right way to do it, which brings the results that we want, is often easier and more effective than what we used to do. So in this case, I went. I wanted sales for my box. I wanted money. I wanted to quit my job. And I, I you know, I started writing blog articles for ten hours a day. I started doing lead magnets. I started writing eBooks. I started all this like round, round, round. Think of the long way around to actually just making money. And I know you need to learn and you iterate. And hopefully, this podcast episode will help you. But it's funny. Because I re- recently relearned this lesson with my personal brand. Like instead of like I was creating lead magnets and funnels and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, people are telling me you need to sell in the DMs. You need to you need to create content five times a day and whatever. And it's like, so now what I do is just have a link in my Instagram profile to my newsletter. I write content like a couple of times a week. I have I have someone obviously now, um, not obviously, but I have someone who can help me with design and like a VA to post it for me. So um, and all I do then is just basically drive people to the newsletter and then I make send emails to my list. Okay. So it's actually less work and it works better, which is crazy fine. Cause like usually, usually it's kind of like, oh yeah, but to do the right thing, it's going to be more work. Sometimes it's actually the op, a lot of the time it's, it's actually less work to just do things that do, do things more effectively. Um, so now that we understand kind of how I, my evolution through my email marketing journey, just some practical tips that you can use and kind of key ingredients to a successful email strategy. Um, the first thing is going to be the high intent leads. So what I learned was that if you get, if you get, if you generate leads to who are actually um, from your website and with high intent, as in they've, they've some interest in signing up to your box, it's going to make your emails a lot more effective. Okay. Second one is lead volume. If you have a sign-up flow rather than a pop-up or some other other mechanism that's not that effective, you're going to generate a much higher volume of email leads, which, and again, if they are high intent, we now have two of the ingredients out of three, okay? The final one is email offers, okay? So to get sales from your emails, you should send, you should make an offer every time you email, okay? Even if it's just, if it's just at the bottom, even if it's at the bottom of your newsletter, you you, know, you can come up with different offers and we've talked about offers on this podcast before whether it's free gift discounts or whatever but the most important thing is that if you have high intent leads high lead volume and you're actually asking people to buy you will sell more from your emails um, and this is what i use this exact strategy is what we use now to generate 500 plus subscribers per month just from email alone and over a time of the business probably three to four million in recurring sales just from email marketing. And the best thing about email marketing and everything we cover on this podcast is that email marketing is free to send emails most of the time. Obviously, you have to pay for your email provider, but there's no cost to reach reach a person um, kind of like the way there is on, on social media platforms. And you can also automate a lot of the process. A lot of these things that you learn from me are systems. So you don't actually have to do any brute force work a lot of the time. It's just about setting it up and being clever. So I hope this episode was helpful, guys. And um, if you have any questions for me, if this resonated with you, if this is something that you're you're kind of you're on one of these levels and you're kind of struggling with your emails, feel free to to reach out to me, post in my in my group, subscription box email marketing on on Facebook, um, or yeah, let me know kind of what what your what your thoughts are and if any of this made any sense. Um, I would love to hear from you. So thank you very much. I'll see you in the next episode.